MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Today, Putin sends troops into Ukraine as the White House imposes the first round of sanctions. Sidney Powell has sued the January 6th committee for subpoenaing her phone records. Frank Fagluzzi warns against a no-fly list for passengers flouting mask mandates. Donald is trying to cut a deal for a Saudi-backed golf tour. And closing arguments are over in the federal Ahmad Arbery case. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Happy 22222. Ooh. Wow, look at that. I didn't even you know what's sad? I didn't even notice till you said something. <laughs> Probably because it's not 22 yet. But tomorrow, which is today, I would have mm-hmm. noticed that it was 22222. Yeah, time travel. I want I'm gonna have two tacos, I think. Do taco, it. Oh, 22222 oh. Taco Tuesday. I might have to two tequila something. Shot. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> tequila sunrises or something. Mm-hmm. Tequila twists. Yes. You have things to say. Newsy things? Yeah, you know, we could we could just talk about tequila for the rest of the time. I'd be fine with You me. know, and I'm sure that we would keep half of our listeners too, because they'd be like, I'm in. <laughs> we might even Tell get a few new it. ones. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is the tequila show with AG and DG. No, I, we do have a lot of news. We do today. And, and it's it's a lot of somber news. There's some, uh, you know, with what's going on with Ukraine. My thoughts are are there with with the Ukrainians. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to be joined by Frank Fagluzzi with an opinion that we should not create a no-fly list for unruly airline passengers refusing to mask up because of unintended consequences that we might not have thought of. Because I was all for it. Like, yeah, boot these people from the planes. Right. But we'll we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about some of the implications and potential investigations from the FBI about the 15 boxes of national security top secret documents that Trump stole from the White House. So looking forward to that discussion. Let's get to the news, though. We have a lot, a lot of it to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up, the Kremlin has ordered Russia's defense ministry to deploy troops in two Russia backed separatist territories that have loomed large in the conflict over Ukraine. Moscow announced it would carry out, quote, peacekeeping functions, which is bullshit, in decrees published late Monday, shortly after President Vladimir Putin told his nation that he had decided to recognize Russia-backed separatists in the so-called Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics. It was not immediately certain whether the Russian troops would remain only on the territory controlled by the separatist republics or whether they would seek to capture the rest of the two Ukrainian regions whose territory they claim. I'm guessing the latter, but I am not an expert. And I, I want to be clear, like I said, I am not a foreign policy expert. So I asked Twitter if sanctions should come all at once or piecemeal over time so that they had more stuff to give. You put all your cards out, then you're kind of done. It appears they're going with the piecemeal plan. White House officials said Monday that Biden will impose economic sanctions on the two separatist regions of Ukraine that President Vladimir Putin recognizes independent, but stopped short of imposing any penalties directly on Russia. But they're working on those, from my understanding. The limited nature of the sanctions appears intended to allow the United States and its European allies to hold in reserve the more aggressive sanctions they have threatened to impose on Moscow 
if Putin sends Russian armed forces into Ukraine, which he's doing right now, and to allow for the increasingly slim possibility of a diplomatic solution. European allies condemned the Russian action as a violation of international law and said they supported enacting sanctions. But the relative restraint of the American steps could also reflect debates among the allies over what actions by Russia should trigger the fuller sanctions and the difficulty of developing a unified and proportional response to incremental steps by Putin. In a statement, Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, called Mr. Putin's move a blatant violation of Russia's international commitments and said that Biden would soon issue an executive order prohibiting investment, trade and financing with people in the two regions of Ukraine. That is to limit Putin's ability to profit off of these regions after he invades them. She says, quote, to be clear, these measures are separate from and would be in addition to the swift and severe economic measures we have been preparing in coordination with allies and partners should Russia further invade Ukraine. So they're going with the piecemeal way, and we will see if those economic sanctions come sooner rather than later, Dana. Sounds good. Thank you so much, A.G. All right, this next story, we have the former president, Mr. Donald Trump. His company is angling to host events at his golf courses. Now, he's, he's angling to host them for the controversial Saudi Golf League. And that's according to three people familiar with the matter, potentially handing Trump a lucrative business partnership with an oppressive regime he defended as president. At least two of Trump's courses in Bedminster, New Jersey and Doral, Florida, they could be named as sites for the tour. Now, that's according to people familiar with the talks who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. So officials from LIV Golf Investments, that's the apparatus funded by the Saudis to host the tour, have held conversations with the Trump organization. That's what these people are saying. Now, one of the people familiar with the matter said Trump had spoken to Greg Norman. He's the head of LIV Golf Investments about having his properties involved in the tour. So Donald has a new sugar daddy, right? That's what it seems. But there's some bad news for him. So Dustin Johnson, he's the number six ranked golfer in the world. He became the latest top player to officially deny rumblings he may join a Saudi-funded PGA competitor, joining players like Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kopka to reject the league. So that's good. There's there. They seem to be banding together on this. Now the alternate league deemed quote, the super golf league and funded by no, by former number one golf golfer, Greg Norman and LIV investments with ties to Saudi backers had been attempting to poach many of the top golfers away from the PGA in recent months in exchange for heavy, heavy amounts of money. Though now each of the top players, the top eight players, they've publicly committed to the PGA Tour. So they're there. Now, Johnson, he was the last of the eight to announce his commitment. And his radio silence on the matter the past few months led some to speculate that he actually might join. Now, it's unclear how much Johnson was offered to join the Super Golf League. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, number 62 ranked Ian Poulter. I think it's Ian. I think it's Ian. Was reported, yeah, was reportedly, (laughs) because no, who's Ian? Ian Ian Poulter was reportedly offered $30 million to join. And when Johnson was at the Saudi International, if he'd been offered a similar figure, Johnson laughed, replying, no, not similar, implying the offer was much larger. Mm. Yeah, larger than that amount, the $30 million. Now, number 12 ranked Bryson DeChambeau, who has yet to make a decision on joining the rival league, denied reports that it offered him over $135 million to join the Saudi-backed league. So much money. 
Now, John Ram, and if there's golfers listening to this, I'm welcoming corrections on any of these names because as you can tell, I don't follow, but he is the number one ranked golfer in the world right now. He was steadfast in his commitment to the PGA Tour, and he said, I'm officially declaring, let's say, my fealty to PGA Tour. He said that in a statement, and that's per the tour's website. Went on, I'm a PAC, which is a player advisory council, for those of you that don't know, I'm a PAC member. And I have a lot of belief in PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan and the product that they're going to give us in the future. Now, number two ranked, <laughs> Colin Morikawa, made a similar verbal commitment saying, I've never thought about anything else. It's always been the PGA Tour. Okay, fella. We'll see. <laughs> no one wants to join his dime store Twitter, apparently. And no one wants to join his Bonesaw Golf Tour because <laughs> apparently those things don't go well. Journalists, Golfers, no one wants to be involved with the Saudis. Mm, no, and, and and that's the main reason, right? It's because it's Saudi-backed. Uh, speaking of Saudis, and only in a roundabout sort of connected way, this is a, that's a, kind of a really lame segue, but Sidney Powell, former attorney <laughs> for Donald Trump, I, you know, hey, the six degrees. I followed, we're good. Yep, totally. six degrees of MBS. Yeah, we just connect everybody through Donald. So Sidney Powell has sued Verizon to shield her phone records from subpoena. And that was a subpoena issued by the House Select Committee investigating 1-6, filing for injunctive relief from the February 1st subpoena in federal court in Dallas. Her attorney wrote, her attorney, <laughs> you, I mean, how far down do you have to go? Did you remember the movie Multiplicity with Michael I do. Keaton? Yes, yes. How each clone got dumber and dumber. Yep. I feel like each attorney, like Powell's attorney's attorney is dumber than Powell's attorney. And it just <laughs> gets worse and worse. <laughs> and now, uh, so the, Powell's attorney says, Miss Powell has no involvement in the events of January 6th. <clears throat> yes, she does. Yet the Department of Justice is seeking records that contain attorney-client privileges held by numerous clients. Department of Justice there, by the way, not not January 6th committee. Interesting little Oops. Oops on that one. Yep. Uh, yeah, we do know the Department of Justice is investigating Sidney Powell for her involvement in 1-6. And that sort of confirms it, right? Many crimes. She's not Many in, crimes. Had, not involved in 1-6, in but the DOJ is seeking records that contain it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oops. She further requested that the court invalidate the subpoena. Complying with it would cause irreparable harm. Powell made her name hawking Trump's claim that the 2020 election was stolen and claiming she would, quote, release the Kraken a trove of non-existent documents that would prove Trump's lies true. She did release the Kraken. It was kicked out of court 65 times or something like that. Oh, come on. Now you're just splitting hairs, AG. A bailiff, please remove the Kraken. <laughs> Referring to the committee as an inquisitorial tribunal, she added that it had not demonstrated a valid legislative purpose, justifying its need for a subpoena of a private citizen. Simply put, no governmental interest could be sufficiently important to permit it to delve through every phone call placed or received by a plaintiff over a three-month period. What? Okay. Reached by the Daily Beast, Powell's lawyer, Robert Holmes, that's this genius here, declined to comment. Of course he did. Again, a reminder, Powell is under criminal investigation for her involvement in January 6th and the big lie by the Department of Justice in, in D.C. By the big people up top. All right. This last story, uh, this is about the Arbery case. In a jury, a jury in federal hate crimes trial of the three men convicted of murdering Ahmaud Arbery, they're now deliberating whether the men committed the crime because of the color of Arbery's skin. They did. They did. We're just going to cut to the chase on that one and not bury that. But of course, that's our opinions. 
Now, in closing arguments in the hate crimes trial, prosecutors said the three pursued Arbery in a fit of vigilanteism. And they did it because they saw, quote, a black man in their neighborhood and assumed the worst of him. Prosecutors said that in the closing arguments of their federal hate crimes trial. Now, Paris, uh, Paras. You got me. We're going to go with Paras on this one. Paras zeroed in on testimonies showing all three talked about black people in derogatory terms with racial slurs, including in texts and social media, and argued evidence showed that the McMichaels associated black men with criminality. They showed evidence. So I don't know why there's a fucking question about this. Now, this is a quote the McMichaels didn't pursue because they were concerned about trespassing unless something extra was motivating them. It was pent-up racial anger. That, again, is from the prosecuting attorney. Now, the jury is made up of eight white jurors, three black jurors, and a Hispanic juror, and that's according to details provided in the court. Three white people and one Pacific Islander have also been selected as alternates. So it's a diverse jury. And uh, I think that the evidence is pretty fucking clear. So I hope that this verdict is just because obviously their sentencing will be much higher on this with a hate crimes charge. Mm-hmm. And this is in addition to the, the sentencing they already got. Right. In the in the trial. And yeah, the, the text messages, the racist text messages are the star witness in, in this particular case. All right. And a no-fly list for abusive airline passengers that refuse to wear masks sounds like a good idea in theory, but let's talk about the potential unintended consequences. That's what I'm going to do with Frank Fagluzzi after this break. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and today's episode of The Beans is brought to you by Allform, my favorite furniture company. Allform creates premium furniture customized to meet your specification and then ships it to your doorstep fast and free of charge. You can design your own luxury furniture using the highest quality materials, but at a fraction of the price of the regular stores. And, you know, those, those couches can take like 12 weeks to get to you. This comes in like five to seven days. So I picked out a three-seater sofa in whiskey-colored leather, and the fabrics that you can choose from are spill, stain, and scratch resistant. I asked for a walnut leg finish to match my mid-century modern vibe and a chaise lounge at the end. It's comfortable, stylish. It's amazing. It looks great. And all form ships fast, like I said. It arrives in the mail in just five to seven days, and it's easy to assemble. No tools needed. You can choose from armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. And you can start small and add more seats later, if you wish, if your house gets bigger or your family grows. And best of all, you get to try it for 100 days. Uh, and that's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free. No weird charges. Give you a full refund, so there's no risk. And they also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa or armchair, love seat, whatever you need, Check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allform right now is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am happy today to be joined by host of The Bureau podcast, author of The FBI Way, which is now available in paperback. And of course, good friend of mine, Frank Figlusi. Hey, Frank, what's up? Oh, nothing. You know, just uh, the usual global brink of war stuff. Yeah, just but, uh, yeah. massive crises going on over in, in Europe uh, and interesting United States responses. But today, what I wanted to talk to you about is some domestic problems with violence that we're having. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of us are calling for no fly lists for these people who are assaulting airline faculty and staff uh, who refuse to wear masks. I've said, hey, you know what, if you just require vaccines to get on a plane, you might be able to tackle that problem and keep those folks out. But, you know, a lot of people are calling for no fly lists. Republicans are against it. 
And you brought up an interesting point about potential unintended consequences of putting these folks on a no-fly list. What is that? And you wrote this up for MSNBC, by the way, which is a really great piece. Tell us about it. Well, thanks. And thanks for the opportunity to, to help explain. Because, you know, in this world we live in, people read headlines, leads. Uh, I don't write those, by the way. That's another, you know, kind of point of contention for all columnists and writers is you, you don't you don't write what what they choose to slap on your column. And and also in this world we live in, people read maybe the lead, maybe the first paragraph, and they draw their opinion and they move on. People have a lot of things to read. So um, if you took a quick look at this column, you'd say, oh, Frank has apparently sided with the Republicans on this. And, you know, people who know me better know that I, I don't side with anybody based on partisan politics. I side on things based on my security lens and how I see the threat and the risk. And so what I said in this in the column is this. Be careful what you ask for. You might get it in the form of the government deciding who gets to travel domestically across these United States. You need only look back to the reaction and, and our very fast response to the 9-11 attacks to realize that, yes, the Patriot Act passed in amazing time. And yes, it was an incredible investigative tool to help stop terrorism. But there were obviously um, some abuses, as is always the case when you move quickly to curtail certain civil liberties and do some things. So what I'm saying is this. The fact that should bother all of us is that eight Republican senators decided to write a letter to the Attorney General of the United States and say, hey, don't create a no-fly list, even though the CEO of Delta Airlines has asked you to do it, because, you know, we really like these guys and gals who are picking up a fuss about masks on airplanes. And, um, you know, we don't know, we're, we're skeptical about masks on airplanes. That's the language they use. We're skeptical about these mask requirements. So you shouldn't be banning people just because they beat the crap out of a flight attendant because they're upset about their mask. So everybody, of course, wants to say, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, you should be banned from flight if you assault a flight attendant. Well, I say this, what's broken with the current system? Why do we want, be careful of being so quick to ask the federal government to ban people from domestic travel, because if these eight Republican senators can ask the attorney general not to do that because it involves their friends, they can just as easily, when they get back in power, and someday they might, someday soon they might, they can get an AG in there who is going to create a no-fly list for who? For dissidents, political enemies of a president. If you don't think that would happen, then just look back at the last four years of the Trump administration. So what's broken? Are people getting arrested and dragged off the flights? You bet they are. The FAA says 80 people have been referred for federal prosecution. That's a heavy hit. And, and some people might say, well, what's the difference between federal and, and when it comes to on-plane activity? Here's a little neat trivia trick for the next cocktail party. As soon as that plane closes its door and pulls away from the jetway, it can become federal. Even better if they actually take off. So it can go federal as soon as they pull away from that jetway. So 80 people are being looked at for federal charges. The rest are being arrested for, you know, by county and state and city police officers. They will get hammered for this, for assault and battery. And federal, a federal charge of interfering with a flight crew is serious business. So I don't think that's broken. I don't think the law is broken. The airlines, people say, well, what about banning them? The airlines are banning people individually, and they really 
had nothing stopping them from sharing their list. I, I researched this. In fact, the CEO of Delta says, we really, we really like to share our list with each other. Well, you can, but what I see here is a lack of intestinal fortitude by the airlines. Mm-hmm. They, wanted, they want the government to do it. Can you please do this for us? Because we're scared to death of lawsuits. That's what I see happening. They can fix it. They can share their list. Keep getting the people arrested. Be very wary of begging the government to control your travel. I mean, it would be equivalent of the federal government requiring masks in private businesses. And then the Republicans get into power and then they can make the federal government ban masks in private businesses when it should be up to the private business, in my opinion, as long as you're not discriminating against a protected class, et cetera. That's right. Uh, it's up to your business whether you want to require shirts yeah. and shoes and masks and stuff like that, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of the free market. You know, give the free market a chance to take care of itself. They usually take care of business. L- look at the look at the hullabaloo around, and rightly so, around Joe uh, Rogan. You know, and his podcast. What got the attention of Spotify? Now people will say, well, they didn't go far enough, but but they did issue statements and change some things. You know, albeit not enough. But what got that? Uh, people are starting to leave Spotify, right? You're, including yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I, I like that. I like the free market hitting people where it hurts. Get, don't be so quick to ha- remember, have we learned nothing, AG, from the four years of Trump? Have we learned nothing about, you know, don't you keep a list by your desk, on your desk, things we need to fix because Trump showed us they're broken, mm. Right. Uh, three equal branches of government. No, nope, that's not working. People responding to subpoenas. Nope, nope, they're not doing that. So you think that if Garland creates a no-fly list for domestic travel, you think that's not going to get abused by a, another GOP-controlled government and attorney general? It's going to get abused. Right. It's like people calling for Bannon to be jailed and held without bail in, in Guantanamo for treason, for, for committing a misdemeanor failure to show up for, you know, yeah. for a subpoena. And, and it's odd because these are advocates for the no bail system and, and you know, treating criminal defendants with, with respect and, and not undue punishment. I don't I don't like Bannon. <laughs> but that's no reason no. to violate his criminal due process. Right. And, and I would say this, the fact that you don't like Bannon, and I don't even, is exactly why you shouldn't go near anything to do with that, because you you have a bias. Just like these eight senators, think of the gall of this. Hey, let's get together and write the Attorney General of the United States and tell them that hands off of our friends. Hands off. We like these people uh, who don't like masks. No, that's exactly why we can't let you near this. Mm-hmm. So, so, no. No. And uh, and a quick pivot question, pivoty question for you, since you're the counterintelligence FBI a specialist. These 15 boxes of goodies mm. taken by uh, Donald Trump from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, now having found to contain marked classified information, national security interest. What should the what should we expect the FBI? Not that we would hear about it, but what should we expect the FBI to be doing? Well, first of all, why did, I don't understand why the National Archives waited eight months to tell the FBI that there were boxes of stuff they were trying to get back from Mar-a-Lago, assuming it was all benign. But I mean, there what's to stop Russia from uh, hiring a couple of housekeeping folks and security guards and gardeners at, at Mar-a-Lago? I mean, we had a, a, a spy caught at Mar-a-Lago and, and prosecuted by, I think, actually, Mike Sherwin, of all people. So what? 
should we expect the FBI to be doing in this situation? We know that when they got their hands from the from the intelligence community on emails that Hillary had used a private server and sent and might be considered classified, that they opened an investigation and ran it for a year and interviewed her for five hours. What should we expect here? Very valid question. We should expect what they do when other high level people or even lower level people walk out the door with secret and top secret. We should expect that there's an open leak investigation, mishandling of classified investigation being led by the FBI. Mar-a-Lago could be, could be a, a Miami field office that covers West Palm. It could be the Washington field office. I don't really care, but there needs to be an attempt to not only get everything back. And when I say everything back, um, hey, where else do you have stuff? Hey, where, you know, is it search warrant time? Yeah, I, I think it is. If you or I walked out of our government jobs and it got word, there, word got out that we had bo- 15 boxes in, that included top secret and secret, you better believe there'd be a search warrant executed on our storage facilities, residence, office, you, you name it, right? I would expect a full investigation, mishandling, and I, I would expect this to go to DOJ for a enforce a declination of criminal prosecution, just like just like anybody else. Yes, I get that there's a year of negotiation. Yes, it's the former president. Yes, I know he's not a filing clerk, as he said in one of his missives recently. People think I'm a filing clerk. No, no you're, you're not you, smart enough to be a filing clerk. No, that's right, because it's the filing clerks who've been telling you you can't do this, <laughs> right? It's the filing clerks who scotch tape your stuff back together. If they were in charge, I'd feel much better. But clearly, you must have told the filing clerks, no, keep that stuff. Somebody told them, who? Let's start interviewing people. Let's start doing it with FBI agents. That's where I'm at. Yeah. And I also have uh, some inside information from a friend who works at a moving company that was actually contracted to move Trump from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. And that contract was canceled last minute and another moving company was brought in. Have they talked to those people? That's the kind of thing that I would expect there to be an investigation in. And I also would expect that we might not hear much about it for quite some time because we don't now have a James Comey to come out and blab it to the universe. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be classified and it should be particularly because obviously the investigators need to know what exactly is believed to have gone and what's missing and have copies been made. That's where you need interviews. To, did, did somebody ask you to make a copy? Did you, you know, what, why did who told you to keep this? All of that has to get done and relatively quickly. You, you move very quickly when you hear that classified documents have left the building, as they say. Yeah. And top secret national security information is stuff that would be extremely detrimental should it should it get out. Yeah. Top, for those who are wondering the difference between secret and top secret, it, it has to do with the level of damage that could be anticipated to the U.S. government. So. You know, you're talking about grave. Top secret is defined as that which, if lost, would cause grave damage to the national security interest. Understand there are people out there going, well, maybe he declassified him. Yeah, um, he is the ultimate declassifying authority for the United States government. I, I was a declassified, this declassifying authority at the FBI. I could, I could go through the process, but there's a process, mm-hmm. right? He can't just wave a wand and say, particularly retroactively, but even on his way out the door. I'm declassifying those, put them in the box tomorrow, Lago. Where's the trail? Where's the process? Where's, where's the markings on the document? Let's see those. 
I don't believe he did that. Yeah, and there was even Bill Barr DOJ pushback from his tweets that said, I'm declassifying stuff, you know, and they're like, no, you can't just say uh, that it yeah. is and have it happen. It has to be marked unclassified and there's a process, right. and, you know, what you and right. I know this, you yeah. If it still says top There's secret, no you can't, you can't, it can't go past the. Yeah, yeah, cross, cross it out. In, in Sharpie. Yeah, cross like, it out. DJ T. Like his, DJ like his map of the Hurricane Dorian. That's right. Maybe the same Sharpie. Yes. Same Sharpie. You got that. We laugh, got but, it is, but it is very serious. Thank you so much, Frank, uh, for coming on and, and uh, telling us about this today. The pitfalls, uh, be careful what you wish for, and then also what's going on with these boxes. I'm, I'm, I have faith that the FBI is going to has or will open this investigation and, and be quick about it. It would be really, really weird if they didn't. I mean, I, that would be astonishing dereliction of duty. How do you let, let, let me leave you with this line. How do you how does the DOJ and FBI ever go after another government employee? for mishandling classified if they don't handle this. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about that. I wrote up a whole thread about when I was in nuke school, just all of the protocol and the security checkpoints and how you, you could only study in the building. And even if this is allowed to go by without even a, a, an investigation, the breakdown of discipline in just the military alone would be bananas so i, I can't right. i can't see i can't see them not doing this and you might not hear about it everybody but i'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be going on thank you so much everybody pick up the fbi way incredible book even if you're just running a business it's a good way to do it and also listen to the bureau podcast on msw media i appreciate your time today frank figlizzi thank you thanks ag everybody stick around we'll be right back with the good news hello hello it's ag and this portion of the beans is brought to you by helix sleep we all know how important a good night's rest is it can really impact your physical and mental health. Tossing and turning all night and then feeling drowsy and worn out all day is just the worst. You know, in the past, I've had struggles with sleeping. Uh, sleep hot. I've had hot flashes and um, night sweats and, and uh, tossing and turning. At first, I thought it was stress and anxiety. But actually, a big part of it was my mattress. I was sleeping on a mattress designed for somebody else's sleep preferences. But Helix Sleep came to the rescue. Uh, you just go online, helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their online sleep quiz. And they will match you to a mattress designed for your specifications that will give you the best night's sleep of your life. You can choose from a wide array of mattresses, from soft, medium to firm, body temperature regulating mattresses, spinal alignment mattresses, and Helix Plus Size mattresses for plus size sleepers. The Helix Midnight was what I was looking for because I'm a side sleeper and I like a medium firm bed. So thanks to Helix, I fall asleep fast, stay asleep all night, and wake up feeling refreshed. You know already that Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews and was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And of course, doctors of sleep medicine and leading chiropractors recommend Helix to improve sleep, including mine. I love my Cairo. And Helix has a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 sleeps and with no risk. They'll pick it up if you don't like it. And they have financing options available too. And right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows to listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. And if you have any good news, or Whoopi stories, or stuffed animal stories, or things you're creating, what your what your small business is, and you want us to give you a shout out, or photos of Halloween costumes that I accept those all year, as you know, 
What the Mutt. That's always fun. Find the cat. Anything you want to send us, anything at all, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. And I'm going to kick us off, Dana, with a submission from Nancy, pronouns she and her. Nancy says, have been a loyal listener for a couple of years, have spread the news to listen to you and to everybody I meet. Well, thank you. Just a quick correction. The questioning of potential jurors to see if they have bias in a case is a French term, voir dire. It's pronounced voir dire. I, I know, Nancy, but I got to go with the My Cousin Vinny pronunciation. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, it's all good, she says. For pod pet tax, here are our two dogs in their surgery suits, Snuffy as Spider-Man, who went for, to the Rainbow Bridge in March of last year after a tumor removal surgery and chemo. We had him longer than we thought we would. His brother and we miss him like crazy. So we welcomed a newbie. Peregrine took Pippin, who also had a surgery suit in December post-neuter. No cones needed. Pippin is all fur. Surgery suits are great. I love surgery suits. I, I put, know. But... I put uh, Boobs, the podcat, after he got his tumor removed. I put him in a, a, a onesie for a six-month-old because he's kind of a big cat. So he has a little Harry Potter, uh, Dumbledore's army outfit so sweet. On for a while. But look at this beautiful, look at these beautiful babies. I know Aww. they're so sweet. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for kicking us off with that. This next one's from Diana. No pronouns given on this. Oh, I know. I can't. I saw the picture too. I'm just trying to hold it together until I just heard you snort into the microphone. Okay. Diana, no pronouns given. My sister carried a special blankie with her everywhere. My mom was at her wit's end to get her to stop. Sometimes my mother got it in the wash, and one day after it came out of the dryer, she cut it in half. Upon handing it back to my sister, she proclaimed, It shrunk! Now my sister was bewildered, but had seen things shrink before and accepted the clean, albeit smaller levy. This happened again and again, till she carried a small (gasps) square. One day the square was set down, and that was the end. Decades later, the first half of the blankie was discovered and given back. Oh, this, my God. Oh my so God. you titrated this child off a blanket. That's you did. Amazing. Yeah. And this is the pet tax. Oho is mad about the former guy. And Oho's face is, I, everyone, I hope that you're a Patreon subscriber because you it's worth it just for the three dollars this month to see the picture of this cat's face oh my god and the, and it's a great photo to the balance with the tail all on the right hand side this is a this is a halloween picture all of it me. it's so good so adorable thank, thank you, you for, for that. that that's so funny oh my gosh it's cutting it in half oh asymptote asymptote lovey all right next up Susan, pronouns she and her. Hello, I love the Whoopi stories. I wanted to share a couple from my childhood. I had a well-loved teddy named Tia the bear. I loved her so much, her mouth wore off. (laughs) 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 My mom tried to sew one back on, but she was not the best seamstress, and Tia had a lopsided mouth as if she had had a stroke. It didn't stop me from loving her even more since she obviously needed me to take care of her. Now the mouth is almost non-existent. Most of her fur has been loved off. A a very real bear who is more than 65 years old. Wow. My younger sister loved her blanket, but it completely fell apart since it was primarily the satin binding that she would rub against her face. Mom bought rolls of the stuff and cut them up into five-inch strips. They were called ditties and were found all around the house. A brilliant solution, and my sister was very happy. (laughs) Ditties. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mom is now 92, has had some health challenges this past year. We thought she was on her way out Christmas Eve morning, which was our dad's birthday. He's been gone since 2000. We believe she might choose that day to check out. I'm happy to report she rallied and I was able to travel to see her last month. A true Wonderful. blessing. Blessing and Thanks for all you do. Yeah, look at this. Amazing. Red Bear Tia. Yes. I'm really loving these stories. There's so much history and loving these little animals and blankets and spaghetti squashes and all kinds of things, but it just makes me incredibly happy. So thank you for should continuing to a, send these stories in. Should we publish a Whoopi book? We should totally publish a Whoopi book. The Whoopi book. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, everyone has to read the title like that. It's a Whoopi book. It's a Whoopi book. Okay. All right, we're going to keep moving. This is from Sarah, pronouns she and her. I have a Mondegreen submission, compliments of my partner from this weekend. Don't know if it's just the the partner from just the weekend or if the the Mondegreen statement was from this weekend. Sarah, hey, if you've got a new partner every weekend, good on you. High fives. I was like, fuck yeah, this weekend's partner is. (laughs) Oh, we're too much. All right, to continue. I'm sure it is her partner. Mm. We're out to eat and CCRs looking out my back door comes on. I sing along and then belt it out loudly again in the parking lot as we're leaving. When all of a sudden he asks, who are Cameron and the elephants? (laughs) Oh, no, wait. I'm trying to think of how it is. I know. Looking out my back door. door. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What does CCR stand for? It's the Creedence Clearwater Revival. Who are Cameron and the elephants? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. We both need an explanation on this, but let me continue. I laughed and laughed and laughed and then I gave him a bunch of shit about it because shit giving is my love language and I will never listen to that line the same again. And also, someone should start a band called Cameron and the Elephants. It's a good name. So don't even care if the name is Cameron. Mm -hmm. We're not giving justice to the story, AG, because we don't know the song. Mm -mm. That's okay. We'll figure it out. This is an excuse for pet tax admission. You said you wanted Halloween pictures year round. Here's Jack Jack the cat, dressed as a mouse, uh, definitely going to murder me in this sleep. And Hesher the husky, who's a mix, refusing to look at the camera and not speaking to me for the rest of the evening. <laughs> thank you for all your, I love this person, whoever this person is. I know. Uh, thank you for all your hard work toward making political news palatable. You are loved and appreciated. This cat photo is a mouse right by the Christmas lights is amazing. Duh, I'm a mouse. That's all I can think from Mean Girls. Sarah, thank you. We're going to look up that we don't know the line right now. It's a our podcast by the time we find it. <laughs> we will find yeah. it though. Everyone is looking it up right now anyway, so they'll get the they'll get it when they when they hear this story. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to it and figure out cuz I only know the who 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 looking out my, my back door. door. That's the only yep, one I same. that's the only part I know. Dun 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 dun. dun. And then I and then I dive over into some John Denver for some reason. (laughs) West Virginia Mountain Mama. Okay. Next up from anonymous pronouns, she and her. Hello there, Beanie Babes. Hi. This story, (laughs) this story in the news. (laughs) Hi. Made me think of y'all. Long story short, a five-year-old boy was reunited with his stuffy after several months. He flew to Wisconsin for Thanksgiving and he tossed his stuffy in the air at a Milwaukee airport and it got stuck into rafters. (gasps) And with the help of the internet, he was able to get it back. Ooh. For further enjoyment, I've included a find the cat. My cat Gertie loves to explore the closet any chance she gets, probably because it's such a mess. And yes, she is named after Drew Barrymore's character in E.T. Oh, that cat. 
Because my husband has a lifelong crush on Drew, like so many other Gen X humans. Agreed. Of course. Agreed. Agreed. Same, same. Oh, look. Gorgeous cat. Look oh. at that baby. Okay, let's see if we can find her. <laughs> I found her. You did? It's really hard. There's a... Oh, oh I, I looked at the hint. Oh. Well, I'm going to look at the hint now. It's still hard with the hint, but... Zoom in on the... Oh, up there. I got it. I got it. Look okay. at the little snows. Look at the snows. Yep, that's what... That's what that's what made it happen for cute me. Cute little nose. So cute. What a cute, cute kitty. kitty nose. I know. You and I are giggly today. We're both sleep deprived people. That's what's happening. <laughs> definitely are. <laughs> we definitely are. Uh, the Oho, though, is angry. Definitely. And these, these little surgery suits are the best. Yeah, I remember going into, I don't know, it was like what. What are those kids? Some I mean, it might have just been Target, you know. And I head over to the onesies for babies, and I'm like, "You think my cat's like a three month old or a six month old?" And so I went by weight, uh, yeah. And I, and I got a couple of uh, Harry Potter onesies and some Star Wars onesies, nice for him to wear around because he had a giant, like from stem to stern, scar on his belly. But yeah, it keeps it's better than the cone of shame, you know. Totally. Uh, which we also accept cone of shame photos. Um, as long as you put a, a toothpick with a martini olive in it. So it looks like a martini. Oh, yeah. Glass. We love that. For sure. Favorite. That's hilarious. All right. If you have any, if you have any, uh, anything you want to send us, anything at all, I'm going I'm to look into this Whoopi book because I just like that phrase. And we have so many great Whoopi stories. It would be wonderful to to put that out um, and, you know, give some give some money to some folks who need it. If anybody ever bought the book. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, anyway, if you have anything you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, any final thoughts? Yes, I do have final thoughts. They're not mine. They're not original. They're from Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> and my final thoughts today are the most important thing is to enjoy your life, to be happy. It's all that matters. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Those are my final thoughts. Go enjoy your life. People find happiness. It is truly all that matters. And don't, don't fuck somebody else's happiness over just because, you know, just let people be happy. That was Alison Gill, everyone. Not Audrey Hepburn, but that is a quote from Alison Gill. <laughs> and don't fuck up other people's happiness. Those are my God final damn thoughts. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, shit, someone's happiness got fucked up this weekend. Super eloquent. Oh, you know what? Sometimes the best words come. Just a rift. It's improv, as comedians do. Sometimes the best words come when you have only gotten five hours of sleep. There you go. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow and um, I'm looking forward to it. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. I've been Allison Gill. And I've been Dana Goldberg. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>